welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. This is getting worryingly like daily. It's trending towards that. They're like buses. They just keep coming along one after the other. They do. They do. Or in your case, sexually frustrated homeless men. <laughs> yeah, okay. Whatevs. Um, by the way, does anyone want tickets for the cricket? Oh, don't be like that. <laughs> what? I know. I'm already dead to you. <sighs> One arse crack shot, uh, and, you, and you're a sulky, pouty bunny. It was slightly unnecessary. It was a bit necessary. Fellas, it was never designed to be an arse crack shot. It was a Conrad calling you a loser shot. Uh, you know, he, he, he's allowed his little victories. Dirty drop pod. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. No, but the tournament did inspire the topic of which we're going to talk about. It is. It did. It did. And seamless segue, you see. <sighs> sounds unlike us. Yeah. Um, it did. It did, though, and it inspired some discussion um, in one of our chat groups. Um, where I was trying very hard to get my point across and not being able to, because I was trying to write a blog post and couldn't get the wording right without it sounding like, my way is better, you all suck, yabu you. And that's not the issue at all, because I don't have an issue with any player. No, but it's not about player, is it, either? No. And you were very clear about that. It's not about player. No, it's not. So, the issue, the issue is, the, the discussion that we were having is, it's not an issue really, is when you end up playing the statistics of a game rather than the models of a game. And what I mean, what I mean by that is where you end up... Um, Effectively, ignoring fluff and just going, this works with this, this works with this, this is the optimal thing, this is what I'm going to do. Now, there is nothing wrong, okay? There's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. There is with you. But with normal people, you're correct. There isn't anything yeah. wrong with it. There is no, but there is nothing wrong with you, with a player, going, okay, I'm going to put this, 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 this is the optimal thing, this is how I'm going to do it. Many players, as we know, get a massive amount of enjoyment of working out those killer combos. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, there's a whole industry, the collectible car game, based on being able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and... You know, it's not a new topic for us to talk about or to be thinking about. We've talked about um, kind of fluff and theme over function uh, previously on several of the podcasts, whether it was um, Malifools or Dailies. Um, And and yes, so, you know, there is a massive caveat for anyone that's listening that playing an optimised list doesn't make you a bad person. But 
but sometimes it then it it it, it and, and we mentioned that in in when we talk about the epic about and Rob who we have confirmed that is his name yeah thanks, memories thanks, like Dave. elephants yeah thanks Dave um, but even Rob who was playing that orc list said they play more like Eldar when you've got these choices um and he played them very well and he played to the strengths of that particular army composition but as you said that in your head is not the narrative the theme the fluff that you feel that orcs have yeah which is but rah, charging forward but it's not me cuz if, if it's me if it was just i feel if it was and that's the point i'm trying to make it's not i feel you know, that's it. how I feel is irrelevant. It's how the laid down background of a particular race, faction, whatever, plays. Yeah. And if the game rules and the game statistics don't support that methodology, then there is a disconnect somewhere. So yeah. we'll, we'll use the epic as an example. Um, 40k fluff has orcs in massive groups running forward yelling wah clubbing things while you know their ramshackle machines are all flying overhead yeah yeah okay so that's so that's a, a rapid description of an an orc army in 40k or in the 40k universe yeah um that methodology, if you if you built that, so basically you took large blocks of loads of guys, mm-hmm. it doesn't work in with regards to the epic rules. Yeah, and if you look at the all the other alt lists that were present at the weekend, they all had the you know the smallest amounts of troops you can take. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so the way that epic works, just for people who don't know, is that um, a lot of formations, you can choose um, standard, big, or huge. And you get a points discount. So a standard formation might be 200, but a big formation, which is double the size, instead of being 400, would be 350. So you get a discount as you go up. Um, and so you'd think, okay, Orc Army. I've read the fluff for the Orc Army. So a couple of big loads of lads running for you do that and it doesn't work because the statistics that that has aren't great and so therefore you you start playing around and you start looking at the stats and instead of concentrating on the the background of the army you mm-hmm. are playing the stats which is exactly what you do in a collectible card game you look at this you look at this these are the combos i can put together these are the the good tiles and you go and there've been other i've seen, i've seen other discussions today um again around epic because that's what i've been looking at today it, around the things going well you don't want to take that cuz that's suboptimal and the reason and it's not suboptimal because the story doesn't back it up because the story does back it up it's suboptimal because of the way that the stats are designed and the way that the rules support those stats and I got so I got to thinking about this, and I got to thinking, well, you know, is, is this a big? And then, I, but then I started thinking about Malifaux, and the same thing has ha- the same thing to me has happened in Malifaux is that the models 
and the rules that support those models, the statistics of each one, have diverged from the background. Yeah. And even in the background that was defined at the beginning, if you look at the beginning, you know, um, each faction had a very defined role and a very defined methodology of playing. And I'm waving my arms around again. I don't know why, because we're not on video, so no one can see this. Um, but that, as time has gone past and new models have been released and new masters have been released, etc. for Malifaux, yeah. um, that distinctive faction nature has blurred and I would argue disappeared. And so, so what? So there is more of a homogenization of the factions. Yes. Now, and if the rules, I just wanted to say homogenization. Okay. I thought that was good. Okay. If the gameplay actually influenced the fluff, Malifaux would be conquered by Rezzers long ago. Yeah. You know, they'll be going summon, summon, summon. Ha! Win. We rule the Malifaux, and now we'll go and rule the Earth. Um, so there seems to be this disconnect between the two. Mm. Um, now, back in the day, Warhammer had a very similar issue with Codex Creep, that you had yep. to have the latest army to buy. But the fluff that they would write would dictate the thing. And one of the re- and I mean, let's face it, one of the reasons that they've introduced these Primaris kits mm-hmm. is that the Marines, the Marine models that they were putting out and the rules for the Marines as they had them on the table did not accurately reflect how they are in the stories, where they're a superhuman warrior who, yeah. you know, one warrior can take on 20 guys. Yeah. And when I was playing Conrad's Marines at the weekend, that's how it felt. It felt that... You know, there were these small elite forces. I had my, you know, and yes, I, as we discussed on the last episode, I made horrendous tactical mistakes. But my, there was these Terminators who teleported in and they were, you know, my stuff was charging in and getting smashed back. Now, from yeah. a fluff, if you look at that from a fluff point of view, and not a fluff that I'm, you know, we made up, but is the, the background kind of, of the established game, canon yeah, of that the makes, yeah. that's, that's what would happen. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, you know, it's, and so, I mean, there's no real point to the discussion other than, um, you know, there are things that if you've got fluff for a, if you have a fluff background and you have rules and you have to, in my mind, make sure that there is a, a mixing between the two. And I was, I got to thinking about it. I was, I had to pop into town today. And so I was in the car and I was thinking about it and it occurred to me. The big stompy robots that we played the other week that we talked about from the lovely Gav Thorpe, yeah, Whilst our celebrity it, friend. It has it, it has very minimal fluff at the moment, yeah. But the fluff, as he describes it, supports the rules, and the mm-hmm. rules support the fluff, yeah. Um, and so. You know that's what that's what it's going. I'm not. I'm not saying that you 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 change things so that you know armies or forces only work in one particular way, but you no. want to make at least the way that they are described in the background be a viable option rather than being a well only lamers would play that way. That's suboptimal. That's suboptimal because frankly, 
you, that, that's fine. You know, it, it's my decision that I'm going to play these ways and uh, adhere to my interpretation, admittedly, my interpretation of the background. But, um, and, you know, I'll have big mobs running forward, and they will get mowed down and I will lose. And that's fine. I'm not, that, that's not, that's not the issue. Um, the issue is, is that, um, a, by doing that, I know I'm going to lose. But okay, mm-hmm. that's, fine, that's fine. I know. But also, the, you then have to, you have the other players saying, well, you shouldn't do that. You should take the choice X, Y, and Z. Mm. Or play it this way because, you know, you'll still lose, but maybe you'll make them think about it a bit. And the counter argument is, is that I know that, you know, going in with some optimal thing, whoever plays you in a first round, if you're playing with suboptimal, whatever, in any game, yeah. is going to get a boost up because the chances are they're going to win. Yeah. Um, but I, it was just something that... It was occurring to me. And as I say, it's not... It's not and saying it, that playing X-Way is a better way to play it. Everyone should play... No. Not everyone can be Nigel Stillman. No. Do you need to explain who Nigel Stillman is for anyone who hasn't listened when we've talked about Nigel Stillman before? Probably should, shouldn't we? I think you should. So Nigel Stillman um, was a archaeologist, um, historian, who went and worked for Games Workshop for a while. Um, I believe he's now back doing archaeology. I um, believe so, because well, I'm sure we looked it up last time we spoke about yeah. him. So he had a philosophy called Stillman that Stillmania, which was um, when you're building an army, he would pick an army, you would choose the models that you're going to use in that army, um, you would name everybody, uh, you would paint it, you would slap two coats of varnish on it, and that was it. It never, ever changed. And regardless of wins or losses or the fact that your friends would come up with counters to your things and you would you know, be on the constant. That was it. You just stayed as it was. Um, and it's something that I've always aspired to um, with slight vari- with slight variations. Um, mainly because... My main reason for the variations is there's always new shinies to put into something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, this was his thing. And um, if you look online for Stillmania, you'll find scans of the article. If I'm competent when i put the blog post up about this episode i will try and find them it, that that is out there because i'm sure we put it up last time yeah um so he had the, so this was his this was his philosophy and as i say it's a philosophy that mm-hmm. i personally sorry but again you don't need to um and i was recounting a story to matt earlier today about we when we used to run wps fantasy battle tournaments um, we used to ask for a piece of fluff about your army. Um, and some people, you know, there's some people, you would get a very lovingly created story. And many, many other people would be, um, my my powerful character was walking in the woods and he met another powerful character and all of his really powerful friends. And that's basically what they would boil <laughs> down to. Um, because, you know... Some folks don't care about the background. Some fo- players don't care about the background. And again, that's fine. I'm yeah. not saying everyone has to read the background. But what it would be nice if games designers designed 
their rules in such a way that if you played to the background, um, you were not hampered by playing to the background. That it was your choice. Yeah. You could you could you could play to the background, and at least you had a you know a fifty fifty chance. Still be competitive. Yes. Well, not necess- not even necessarily competitive, but less feather duster to a gunfight. Yeah. Um. But that puts extra onus on um, games designers because then they have to ensure, if they're doing that, they have to ensure far greater army balance. Um, And I'm referring, again, I'm referring back to the Epic Tournament of the thing, but it's a generic point. Um, One of the players was using, there were two players at the Epic Tournament using um, squats, Mm -hmm. which still exist in Epic. Yes, they do. (laughs) Um, and so one player were, was using the um, the squat war machines that were for Epic the defining points of the army. Things like Goliath Mega Cannon, which are basically these huge howitzers yeah. that sit on your back line and they just lob massive projectiles into the opponent. Um, and other players were saying to him, well, why are you doing that? They're awful. Shouldn't be using them. They're terrible, mo- terrible, terrible. Now it's not terrible models. Terrible game-wise. Yeah. And um, what you should be doing, what what the um, the broken builds are, is to have about eight units of berserkers. Well, if you if you you know if you're old like me and you know the fluff of the squats, squats were all about they were engineers and things, and so they're yep. all about their bike squadrons and things. They weren't about a load of berserkers going rah. Because very few of them were doing that, but yeah. that's the optimal choice, and so therefore you take the option. And I found I found it a little sad that because this particular player had decided to take um, models that were a cool and b iconic in the background, mm-hmm. that he was getting, you know, poo pooed almost. Yeah. Right. I have a number of observations. Okay, well, I think I'm. I think I'm about ranting out. Okay. My first observation would be: this is an issue for a game where there is a pre-existing background or fluff. So, where you get games where perhaps there isn't that canon of information, it's less of an issue because you. And, and I've, I guess it's most true for us for. Both of you know the sci-fi and the fantasy Warhammer worlds. Although obviously, fantasy-wise, that's had a massive shake-up with Sigma anyway, and the end of the old world and all that shenanigans. Um, and for you, obviously, you were quite invested in the Malifaux fluff. I didn't really read any of the Malifaux fluff, so I could give a rat's monkeys about how how the game shaped up. But I do agree with the fact that um, there was this. You homogenizing. You of, just want to of, say that again, don't you? Just want to say homogenizing of the factions. Um, but it's not the first time you've experienced this because you just sold recently a massive Skaven army because you didn't want to play it in Age of Sigma. And why didn't you want to play Skaven in Age of Sigma? Um, I don't remember now why. Because they didn't play like Skaven oh, should yeah. play in your head. Yes. Well, they, to be fair, they never have. Yeah. I mean, Skaven, you read Skaven Fluff, and it was always... See, I blocked all that out, because I slightly regret selling them. Um, 
Mm. Um, if you look, if you read Skaven Fluff, it was all about massive units. You know, massive units of clan rats, um, a screen of slaves, um, charging forward with the Gracier exhorting them on, and then odd yeah. bits from the other faction, which was an incredibly suboptimal build. <laughs> yeah. You know. The skittering brown tide of ratkin yeah. was was not the way that. Yeah, in I the mean, end, certainly, you certainly in sixth and seventh, the optimal builds were no clan rat or a minimum size unit of clan rats because I think you had to have one unit of twenty, um, and then about twenty units of slaves that you would check aboard down so that your opponent couldn't get to you, and then yeah. lots and lots and lots and lots of shooting. You know, yeah. 30 to 40 Gisales. Yeah. And then you would just blow your opponent off the table. And now, and then they had those giant big rat ogre things and, and all of that. Oh, you never used those because they were rubbish. Well, even those new big ones that had Gatling guns and stuff oh, on that them. Was, I'd stopped playing by that time. Yeah. Came out. So anyway, but that, you know, sorry for bringing up what was obviously something, you know, a memory that you'd regressed. Repressed, even. Or repressed, even. I haven't regret. Well, I have regressed, but yeah, uh, yes, that's the word I was looking for. Repressed memory. Um, my other point would be that I've experienced that kind of thing as well, and it can happen outside of where you've got um, an existing histor- uh, his- uh, fictional canon, because in historical wargaming. And just while I stroke my beard and touch my sweater, but in historical gaming, um, particularly when Flames of War first came out, um, there were lots of people that were playing that that would, and to a degree, the rules allow it or allowed it, and I, and I can't because I've not played it since first edition, so I don't know if it's still the case, um, but allowed non-historical builds within the force organisations. I seem to remember. So you, I see. I seem to remember complaints at the time that some players were just like using a million tigers or king tigers. Exactly. Um, I played a particular game against somebody who was using a British paratroop um, formation. That was there were more seventeen-pounder um, Shermans in the army than there were uh, paratroopers, and I'm like, well, that can't be right. Either, either you're playing an army, an armoured list. In which case, it's kind of should be one per three, um, and it showed me, and it was totally allowed within the army list. So there are always going to be, or there is always that potential across systems where they have a fictional canon or a historical basis for people to manipulate the lists. But we have seen steps that have changed that, even within Games Workshop games, where going back a couple of editions. Um, in 40k in order to stop people loading out with elite types of troops um, where I think it was probably fourth maybe fifth um, they introduced the only troop types so your rank and file bog standard non-shiny no big guns no big weapon troops were the only ones that could capture objectives so it compelled you to take the grunts as well as all the spandangly stuff, because if you just took spandangly stuff, you couldn't win the game. You needed the grunts to be able to capture the objectives. So there is potential for for 
game designers, list designers to manage that within game systems. It's not something that's not achievable. But I guess the bottom line will come down to, as you said, there isn't a right or wrong. Some people will want to play the game. And we're not talking about win-at-all-cost gamers. We're not talking about people that will do dubious things, hide dice throws, and generally be a dick. What we're talking about is people who enjoy finding a way to work within a rules and with a set of army lists to find an army that is as competitive as it can be. They may well be absolutely delightful people that care for sick puppies and blind children on the weekends when they're not gaming, but that's their preferred method of play. Whereas it's no secret to anyone that's listened to us in the past, we get our jollies by playing the narrative, by playing armies to type, by playing to tropes, to, by playing that kind of game that allows you to generate those cinematic moments. Um, and I think that's possibly more about us than anyone else. Fortunately, I'm always happy to lose a game. So to me, it makes no difference. Well, in fairness, it seems to make no difference whether I take an optimised list or not. I still seem to lose the games. When have you ever had an optimised list? I don't think I ever have, in fairness. I was going to say, how would you know? <laughs> Only if I got, like, Joel to pick it for me or something. Um, but for me, again, it's... Um, I spoke about it even back when I was doing Ramos in 1.5. For me, it was always about fluff over function. Yeah. So for me, I'd rather have an army that makes sense in my head. And, you know, I had the same thing on the weekend where the rules dictate, and then we talked about that break the spirit unit. Yeah. But it's the one of the highest points that most people tuck up somewhere safe to guard an objective where it's not going to get shot. But for me, that is counterintuitive to put extra points into a unit and then not for it to be your hammer unit that you want to throw in. But that's the way to play the game and potentially to win the games is to not throw your hammer unit into the fray to tuck it up somewhere safe so that you deny your pers- your opponent that victory point. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be easier to talk about it than you try to write a blog post. Um, and I know you had concerns about coming over as preachy. my way is the right way and being too preachy. And I know that's certainly not the intent that you had. So I thought it'd be easier for us to record, um, in a more discussional format than a soapboxy format. Yeah. I, I so could the- get, I could get preachy about something that you brought up about historical gaming and, um, uh, figures. And because it reminded me of um, not being allowed to use barbarians in Saga, but <laughs> let's not go there. But that could just be me being, you know, miserable. Yes, unlikely. No, but it could be. Or potentially undead pirates. <laughs> or Victorian pirates. Or Victorian pirates. Um, not Victorian Elizabethan pirates. Sorry. Yes. Not Victorian. Victorian pirates would probably have been all right. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Anyway. So, okay. yeah. So that was, it. Yeah, so that was it. Yeah, so it was, you know, fluff should, you know, you should be able to play in the way of the fluff and um, at least have a even 
It's the chance. Yes. Well, you can play a fluffy army against me. The chances are you'll win. Well, I will be playing the fluffy army. And you probably will win. Yeah, because cool. I've, I've gone and bought every single Scorcher that I could find on eBay. And the fluff is that my orcs are from a world that has copious amounts of fossilised mineral fuel. Mm-hmm. It's fluffy. I wrote a story and everything. Whatevs. One day, one day, orc, Orky Boy 2 was walking along and fell through the crust of the planet and fell into a big oily lake. And he went, ooh, this is all oily. I shall use this. And at the same time, there was a mech boy who was his best buddy. Yes, yeah, they went into the woods and then met a load of other powerful friends. Yes, and <laughs> and it would have been fine. And the boys would have come along as well, but they all had tummy aches. Yes. Seems plausible. I'm sure I've read that story in White Dwarf. I, I read it on Twitter earlier today. In the, our good, discussion the, the good thing about you see the good thing about Epic though is that you could probably say that you read it in White Dwarf because you know it was like a hundred million years ago. Yes. Yeah, there's not many of us left that remember it. Yes. Me, I remember. Yes. All right. Anyway, that was it, really. Yeah. So a bit ranty. Well, from you. Actually, I wasn't that ranty. No, you weren't that ranty, and I think it would, and I think you got your point far, across far better than mm-hmm. had you have tried to write it. I and I get to, I got to say, homogenized at least you two did. times. Right. So, um, we are recording this on Monday, the twenty-sixth of February. Yes. Um, and it will be out on Monday, the twenty-sixth of February. On oh, you're going to top and tail it this evening. I'm going to top and tail it this evening as soon as we're done. On Tuesday, the 27th of February, the lovely Oathsworn are having a one-week Kickstarter to fund the next, I believe it's 12 figures for Burrows and Badgers, um, including like a high, I I think it's a Fox Highwayman and stuff. Cool. Um, So, and because they're lovely, Mm -hmm. um, and the figures are quite good as well. No, they're very good. (laughs) Um, uh, I would go the other way. The, the figures are awesome, and they're all right. Yeah, oh, that's a bit. That's a bit harsh. Is it too harsh? How about everybody's? They're they're lovely, and their figures are lovely. That's probably about yeah, right. Yeah, that's isn't about it? right. It's, okay. it's probably the truth, the closest to the truth, to be honest. Yes, um, anyway. and people need to be aware of it if they're going to come and play it. Mage, don't they? Because they'll need their burrows and badges. Crew. They do. So anyway, so uh, Kickstarter for burrows and badges. Um, the next je- the next wave of burrows and badges figures is out starting tomorrow, uh, the twenty seventh of February, and it's only running a week. Um, because if you run a week long Kickstarter, you don't get that mid that mid Kickstarter lull. Yeah, because there is no mid Kickstarter. Um, what else? I think that's probably about it, really. Yes. Well, I've got to go and see Black Panther this week, because then we can talk about that. Yes, we can, because I have seen Black Panther. But I have not yet. Um, and there is... I, sus- I suspect we may end up flying in the face of public opinion again. Well, I certainly will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have to see Black Panther, because it's only, what, six or seven weeks to um, Infinity War. Whoop, whoop. I have to say... Um, the trailers yes in the trailers yesterday 
Um, as you know, I don't watch tra- I don't watch trailers online. Yeah. Um, so um, they showed the Deadpool trailer, and I had seen the Deadpool trailer because um, the kids had shown it to me. I had not seen the Avengers War trailer, the um, Infinity War trailer, um, and I did get rather excited. Did a little bit of sex week come out? Not that excited. I'm quite old. Um, Just so a bit of week came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did get quite excited, and frankly, there's only one thing that has to happen for the film to be a massive, massive success in my eyes. Agent 13 and, and Black Widow have a pyjama party and have a pillow fight and accidentally their tops fall off. No. Because that's what would make it a brilliant film as far as I'm concerned. No. Although I don't like her blonde. Don't you? No. Oh, I think she looks cool. No, ginger all the way. Right. No, all that's got to happen is for Tony and beardy Captain America to go, all right, all right, and that'll be it. Maybe a little fist bump. What, like SARS? Yeah. Yeah. Bros. Yeah. And that's all that has to happen. Or then... perhaps Tony to say, do you know what? Your side was right and mine was wrong. <laughs> that isn't going to happen. But... No, but, you know, I've thought about it. Yeah, Tony, Tony could say, I thought about it. And I read something that I read on the internet by a really clever bloke, and it turns out you were right all along. What, and then shoots Winter Soldier in the face? Now, why would he do that? <laughs> just because. Because Winter Soldier didn't do anything wrong. He was just Oh, we're not having this tool. again. He was a hammer. You're a hammer. Anyway, Hammer's a character in Marvel. Oh, is he? Yeah. Mrs. Marshall's a spanner. What, for marrying me? No. She's a spanner, because whenever I see her, my nuts tighten. No? I thought that was comedic genius. (laughs) You would. (laughs) You would. If I play it to Mrs. Marshall, what's she going to do? Don't do that, (laughs) because she'll she'll give me the look. That's all right. Actually, I've got a better one. I'll play it to Sarah. Don't do that. She'll stab me in the face. <laughs> and would you deserve to be stabbed in the face? Yes. For that and so many other things. Yes, indeed. Right. Shall we go now? Yes, let's. I need a poo. <laughs> I'm sure the audience love that. All right. Until next time, which could be soon. You never know. Um, I've been Mike. And I've been Matt. Bye-bye. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.